So, like, take off to the great white north. Take off. It's a beauty way to go. Take off, you hosers. Hey guys, Chris here. Before we kick off the next episode of Hosers, I just wanted to let everybody know that we were able to select a winner of our uh, contest. So for those of you guys who don't know, we have a contest going on right now through our Twitter page, at Takeoff Hosers. Uh, And essentially, we were asking for a retweet and follow for a chance to win a -a one-of-a-kind Canucks jersey. Now, this Canucks jersey is signed by not only Brock Besser, Ben Hutton, but also Aaron Rome. So it's a pretty cool-looking Canucks jersey. And without further ado, I'd like to announce the winner. Drum roll, please. The winner is Justin Lai. So congrats, Justin. Uh, Judging by uh, your Twitter page here, you seem to be a Canucks fan, which is good. Good on you, buddy. Wish you were a Leafs fan, but, you know, can't win them all. Uh, Anyways, Justin, if you could... Uh, reach out to us sooner than later and if not we're just going to reach out to you through dm but congratulations man we're going to get this uh jersey sent off to you and like i said i think you're really going to like it and uh you know without further ado let's get on to the show big l rest in peace Hey guys, welcome back to Hosers. This is episode 38. My name is Chris Killingsworth and joining me as always is my first co-host, Carter Lupel. What's going on? How's it going, Chris? It's going well. Thanks for asking. We've also got Thomas Williams live in London, Ontario. What's up, Thomas? London, Ontario. Representation of the Knights. I'm here and cool. I love it. Are the Knights paying you? (laughs) Yeah, they are. I'm like down the street from the Bud Gardens right now. Oh, good. Yo, check out tonight's game against, I don't know who they're playing. They're paying him in, pe- in pizza pizza coupons. <laughs> no, <laughs> Love yeah, it. yeah, yeah. No, here it's like pizza two for one. Oh, that's okay. right, that's right. The Colts are the pizza pizza. Um, so... We have uh, a couple of guests that are joining us uh, for tonight's episode. Thomas, why don't you uh, introduce us to our friends that are joining us? Yeah, so first up, it's uh, Bilal, as known as Billy Chili on Twitter, uh, famous for his being friends with everyone in Leafs Twitter. The nicest guy. <laughs> <laughs> the nicest and for, guy. And for, making, and for making his own shirts. You yeah. can buy them right now. They're yeah. available. They are available. Are you wearing one of your okay. own right now? No, I'm not, but should I? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I was going to say, go, go stop. <laughs> That's awesome. No, I'm good. I'm good. Not right now. Thank, thanks for joining. That's exciting. Not a problem. Uh, not a problem. And, this, and we have a special two-guest episode. The second guest is also Leafs Twitter famous. That's Cappy. What's going on, guys? It's going well. Thanks for joining us, guys. Excited to get you on on the, uh, you know, it's been a pretty busy week in Leafland, so we're excited to uh, to kind of kick things off. Uh, we always start off the podcast with a little life update from everybody because Carter and I weren't there last week. So, Thomas, why don't you tell everybody about your episode that you did last week with Gord? Yeah, so we just did a little quick uh one-on-one guest episode is a little half-hour quick one. Uh, so Gord Brown, uh, he writes for editor and Leaf and Barnaburner mainly. He's on the Marley's beat, um, and he also 
is in school with me at Centennial Sports Journalism Program. So we just did it quickly, and it's kind of funny. We did it in, uh, like, the student lounge, so that's, like, there's a lot of background noise. Like, people just yelling and, like, whatever, and it's, it's so, fine. So no but... quality control for hosers? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, sorry. <laughs> you couldn't stop I know, them you... and be like, uh, we're recording a fucking podcast over <laughs> I here. I couldn't, I couldn't get any dogs to bark in the background like we're used to. I was but... going to say, that's very uh, true. Those are just sound bites. Yeah, we yeah. don't actually have dogs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I had yeah, them it's in for fake. effect afterwards. It's post. It's post. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, thanks to, for, uh, to Gord for hopping on. Um, yeah, I also yeah. think it's cool that you have a friend, like, around your age named Gord. Gord seems like a dad name. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. And Gord Brown, too. It's like the most Canadian shit ever. Yeah. Did you hear that I Gord Brown was running for premier, dude? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. But, yeah. yo, uh, Carter and I missed last week because we were at a hockey tournament. Carter, why don't you tell everybody how well we did? Um, we lost by a goal in the finals. We have never got to the finals before, and we lost in the finals to a team that we had beat earlier in the tournament. We hit the crossbar twice. Yeah, um, you're coaching. I don't know if Cappy and Bilal knows. Yeah, we. Yeah, that's right. We don't play. Well, Carter does. <laughs> I, I can't really skate that well. So, but uh, yeah, it was exciting to have uh, you know gone to uh, out of city tournament to go play a team that's probably one of the better college teams in Ontario, and we beat them in the first game in the shootout. So now I'm a believer in the shootout. Now I uh, wasn't before, <laughs> but I am now. And uh, yeah, it was exciting. So. That went well. Um, what else is new with you, Thomas? I know you're in, in London for the weekend, but things yeah, are going well otherwise. Uh, yeah, living it up. I'm just doing whatever. Um, my dog's staring at me right now. Just like, she's going to bark soon. I love it. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, she. <laughs> it's fine just in London. Whatever life is going well. All that shit. I'm getting ready for Florida. I'm heading to Florida soon. Love it. Ooh. Oh, yeah. oh, That's pre- exciting. Preseason. Preseason baseball. Yeah, spring, spring training. So I'll be hanging out with Vlad and shit. I, <laughs> hell yeah. Do you want to borrow my Bison's hat when you go down there? No, I'm good. They <laughs> don't want to play for the bike. <laughs> I was going to say, man. What's new with you, Carter? Uh, not much. Work's been nuts, as always. Yeah. Um, but I got to go to a Marley's Sens game on Tuesday. Yeah. And then a Leafs Sens game on Wednesday. Which was the better game? I think they're they're both good for different things, obviously. Yeah. Um, I love like watching like players who have a spot to fight for. Yeah, exactly. Like obviously, you ha- you have to you're constantly fighting for a spot when you're at that top tier. But players that are fighting to get that top tier, it's like a lot grittier of a hockey game, and there's a bit more going on than than you would see in the NHL. Yeah. Um, but the game against the Sens was a crazy... It was a nail-biter. Like, it came down to the last few minutes. Yeah. And it was a very good game to be at. Pretty exciting. Um, did any of you guys watch the game? I'm sure we probably all watched it, but did anything stick out to you, Mr. Cappy? Uh, the last uh, game against the uh, Sens? Yeah, that's right. Uh, uh, I was disappointed, I gotta say. Um, I, I think that we're at a point where we should be well past this playing down and um, <laughs> there were a couple points where I wasn't I wasn't anywhere near turning it off but going from whatever they were out shooting them 10 to 1 to yeah. being outshot eventually was you know despite the last win against the Ducks I was just like are we still here are we still stuck in this shit 
<laughs> yeah, I feel it, the same way. It was ping pong hockey. They couldn't control the neutral zone. Yeah, I agree. Did you watch the game below? Yeah, um, that was an interesting one. I'll, I'll, I'll say that for sure. Um, I think they were pretty tired to what four games in six nights. Um, I mean, I, they, they really should have dominated Ottawa. But yeah, wins a win, so I'm I'm gonna take the win. I'm not as cynical as others, but <laughs> I I only um, watched the uh, third period, but like the goal that uh, Morgan Riley scored was great. Like oh, yeah. Carter Carter and I spend so much of our time coaching, talking about protecting the puck, and we're always <laughs> looking for like opportunity to be like, okay, this is how you do it. This is how you do it. So to see that play um, was was pretty exciting as kind of the the game winning goal. But, uh, but yeah, no, things are exciting. I mean, there's obviously more exciting things to talk about uh, in, in Leafland these days. <laughs> than a Sens game. Than a Sens but game. I just have to... So one point that I just have to make quickly. Yes, please. I feel like I was thinking about it last night. I know, like, Bilal Bul- could probably relate to this <laughs> oh more than anyone here. Oh, boy. Is Go that, on. like, it's more... It's, like, the Leafs right now are, like, Arsenal right now or... Liverpool like four years ago oh. where against are we talking against, about like, footy mate <laughs> <laughs> but like against against like big teams they like perform amazing like yeah. they like yeah. they're, they're there they like put it up like the game against Tampa and everything yeah but then against small teams like Ottawa or the Panthers or even like the Kings I think I forget the Kings game when they're in LA no they're pretty well they're, they're pretty good yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. But, they yeah, yeah. But, like, still, like, some small teams, like, they're where they should just be killing them. Yeah. Like, crushing them. It's just, I, like, nothing goes their way, even though they outshoot them and all that shit. Honestly, I think it just comes down to just giving a shit. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's, what I, 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 that's what it comes down to, in my opinion. Well, they, they only give a shit against the Ducks because it was Randy. It was Randy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's true. Let's talk about well, the big fish, the Anaheim Ducks. Yeah. The yeah. Well, that they played up to. It's it's a, it's such a weird concept. Like I I don't get how they're so well against like Tampa and all these great teams, but then they shit the bed against different other teams like Ottawa, uh, Florida. I don't know who else I can think of right now. But, but that, that's that's what you get with young hockey though. Like they when you put like a, a group of all star young all stars together, they play like a young all star team. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's funny just because like. Like, we haven't had a chance to talk about it yet. Like, I know uh, Gordon Thomas talked about it last week, but for me, it's just, it's, I don't know if it's, like, wishful thinking, but to me, seeing as, you know, we've got Muzzin on the team now and seeing how well he's played, like, that has made me feel so much better because it's always been, like, this narrative of, you know, the Leafs have to get better defensively and all these things. Then we get Muzzin, and then it's like, oh, all of our problems must be solved, although that's obviously not the case, because then we see them giving up these, like, really soft goals, and a couple of them, like, the one that uh, that PayRV scored, the one that kind of just, like, the first trickled the across, first the I think it might have been the, the second, second one. one. Yeah. yeah, the second one. Yeah. Yeah. Sec- it was, like, just at the side of the net. Just like, the yeah. Matthews yeah. and Riley just didn't look at him like, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. But yeah, I don't know. It's 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 kind of strange that way, but maybe we could start off talking about Muzzin. I know we're like maybe a week or so late on it, but um what were your kind of initial impressions of Muzzin so far, Cappy? Yeah, so with uh with Jake Muzzin for me, I had actually written something for uh beliefsnation.com a couple of weeks ago where I really dropped the ball and massively undersold Muzzin to a lot of people, I think. Uh, the way that 
they were talking about Jake Muzzin in headlines a couple weeks ago was was a guy who was not necessarily a big fish like Petrangelo or uh, and and that's true but Jake Muzzin for me has been such a revelation and such a testament to how much we really really give a disservice to a lot of defensemen coming out from the west because this guy has been solid he's done basically everything that he's been asked to do and more and he's been such a breath of fresh air on the blue line uh, I don't know when was the last time I saw a slap shot goal from <laughs> yeah that's true from the uh, that was sick on the power play like that that was that was old school yeah it did feel like that and I know for me like to, to what you said about headlines like headlines are, are probably my favorite part of Saturday night absolutely and I know, like, when I was a kid, I would always, uh, like, I mean, headlines didn't exist when I was a kid, obviously, but um, I remember that second period satellite hot stove being on after Don Cherry was, you know, spewing a bunch of nonsense for uh, 10 or 15 minutes, you know, in the first intermission. But headlines is so great for that, right? And I know they they kind of, at least, you know, in my estimation, they didn't talk about Muzzin as if he was going to be one of those guys, like you'd said, Cappy. So the fact that, you know, it was a little bit under the radar, I think, because people were just expecting one of these right-handed defensemen to kind of fall into the Leafs' lap. Uh, It's refreshing to see a guy who can, you know, play heavy, which I know has been this kind of narrative that that we're hearing about as Leafs fans. But to see a guy like lay somebody out, um, which Muzzin has done a couple of times now, has been, uh, I don't know, it gets gets my kind of my blood pumping. What have you thought about it so far, Thomas? Uh, Yeah, it's just like, like you're saying, it's like so rare to see a Leafs defenseman just lay someone out or take a big slap shot, and we haven't seen that in so long. I think it was really just good value of what they got. Like, I talked about it... um, like, we've talked about it earlier, where it's, like, getting the defenseman that they need, like, when I was talking about Nick Jensen a lot, it was, like, do you trust Babcock to play Nick Jensen over Zaitsev or Hainsey? Mm-hmm. I say no. So then it's, like, you need someone to think of, like, getting someone that will... Hi, I know. Um, <laughs> uh, well, sorry that Carter, um, Carter made that weird noise in the microphone. Sorry about that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like getting someone that like has the name and has like can play on the first pair. Yeah. And Babcock will put him there, but will still like provide enough value. And I think he's definitely a better defense, like better defenseman than Peter Angelo, just from some other things. Just the fact that he's left-handed. Yeah. Like makes him makes people think that he's not. But I've I've loved it. It's been that whole Riley Muzzin pairing. I think is that like. I don't know what's after the Ottawa game, but I think it was like sixty percent before, like in the yeah. three games before, like it was insane. Well, I I think so, it, I think it's gonna sit it like settle in for Leafs fans like in about a month, what this guy can do, like because he came in right off the bat to the top pairing, slotting in on like the first power play, yeah, and then he's already making like a visual impact like this right off the bat, like he's yeah. he's one of like one of the most like quietly exciting things to happen to the Leafs in a long time. Like, and I don't even know, like, I think people may have figured it was going to be quiet, but, I mean, as far as I can tell, and you guys have a pretty close pulse on things on, on you know, Leafs Twitter and, you know, Leafs Nation as a whole, but to me it seems like Muzzin has become, like, 
the big guy. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think, Bilal? Have you seen a little bit of that, you know, kind of on, on Leafs Twitter? I know you're you're yeah. kind of like the the poster boy for Leafs Twitter, so. Um. <laughs> you're a Leafs Twitter dad? <laughs> no, no. Um, it's funny. I actually found out from the trade like three hours after because I was stuck in a snowstorm. So I was actually pretty excited for Buzzin to come because I think he gives a different element than what the Leafs have right now, which is that physicality thing, which is going. And I'm not trying to say like they needed it, but it's it is a welcome change. I, what I do say though is that he can still keep up with the speed of the Leafs of how the Leafs play. Um, I think like what like if they brought in someone else who's much bigger but doesn't skate. Um, that's not going to work out for the Leafs. And I think Muzzin works well with Riley because Riley can use the speed and go up. It's almost like a stay-at-home defenseman type, but a, not that stay-at-home. Like, uh, like the modern type. The yeah, modern he's, type. He's not the old school type. Yeah, like exactly. some Roman Polak or... <laughs> Don't say that name here. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's, yeah. okay. it's true. He's much more mobile, right? Is he's that, much more mobile. Mean? I mean, yeah. his skating's not the best, but he can still move around and he's still going to do his thing. So... I, I think it's been a great great addition. It obviously makes the Leafs defense much better and actually can contend with like someone like Tampa, Boston, uh, Montreal of all teams right now. But um, yeah, I, that's my thoughts on it. That's awesome. Yeah, I think... Um you know, one of you guys had mentioned it before, I think it was Cappy, is that we're finally getting a guy that's just going to shoot from the blue line, right? And yeah. we've seen so many opportunities that way where, you know, he he shoots and then they're able to get a rebound or at least they're able to get an opportunity up close, right? Um, has anything else about Muzzin's game surprised you, Cappy? Oh, yeah, I was going to say, uh, this guy might score like that's 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 the thing like this guy might score for the Leafs especially if he's getting power play time and we've seen him on a more defensively minded team uh in the Kings we haven't seen him sort of with this extremely dynamic offensive group and when they do get power plays if he's out there and he has the chance to use that shot to like you were saying put pucks on net and get those rebounds I mean, this guy might put up points for this team. He might not just be that uh, modern stay-at-home defenseman. He might be that steady presence, but he might also put up offensive numbers. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, and I think I had thought for a while that maybe, like, I don't know, I feel very wrong saying this now, but it felt like Zaitsev might be a guy like that when he first kind of came along. Because, you know, all we really knew about Zaitsev and, and really like Oshiganov for that matter is all the highlights that we could see from KHL. But in the KHL and from everything I've seen, that's kind of how they played Zaitsev on the power play, shooting the puck from the blue line. Do you think that we could see a resurgence from a guy like Zaitsev if he was put in a position to, to play like that? Or do you think that? We're going to have to move along from Zaitsev, um, you know, to try and get all these guys under the cap next year. I mean, with, with Zaitsev, the the issue is that he was in that position in his first season over in North America, and he has never been put back there since. So I'm not confident that, you know, we can go back and forth about it, but I'm not confident about Mike Babcock actually putting him there, despite mm-hmm. the fact that he should absolutely be pumping his tires in whatever way he can right now. Yeah. You know, Zaitsev, he's a guy who you want to... Well, he's shown that he's capable of putting up those points in the right situation. I don't think he's broken. I just think that he's been 
he's being put in every position where he can sort of perform the most broken hockey yeah. that, that he can play. He's he's with Jake Gardner, which doesn't work. He's not on the power play, which well, you wonder where the points went. Right. So if you're looking to sell on this guy and you know that you're comfortable in the standings, you know that you're power play no matter who you put there once it actually gets going and gets out of this slump it can score it can perform so why are you not putting him there just to see what you have if you can milk out a few points and unload this guy at the end of the month it's 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 worth it yeah i was thinking the same thing does uh, anybody want to uh, add anything on the Zaitsev front, or are we just All ready right. to pack this guy's bags? I'll just do <laughs> a little quick, a little quick thing. Uh, I I don't think that they'll be able to trade him before the deadline, and I don't think that they really want. They want to, but at the same time, it kind of sends not to be like super like traditional hockey mind, two hundred hockey men here, but like <laughs> it sends a message like Zaitsev been has been like one of your main like on ice at even strength like he's getting 18 minutes a night like it's insane so if you trade away a guy like that and to a player like uh Dermot or something or like uh Janssen or like kind of those depth players what is that kind of sending a message if you're like okay we're actually getting rid of this guy just because of his contract even though he's been playing a lot and I know he's bad and he's so terrible <laughs> but like I think I think it's more of a of an off-season thing like it's more of a like and then it becomes a lot movable Teams have more wiggle room in their cap situation, so I think a team that would actually see him as a positive get instead of having to be like a cap dump at yeah. the deadline. Um, so I think it's much more likely that he gets moved in the deadline, and honestly, that's or sorry, the like at the draft or something, just because of that whole thing and the minutia of like trading mid season of someone that like is really important to you. Yeah. No, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, I, I mean, I think um, I, th- I kind of agree with Thomas here. I was thinking about this today, too. I was like, it's kind of hard to trade at the deadline because they kind of need someone to play right now. And, I mean, I, I wouldn't want to put Hall or Ozganov in a position like that to play minutes or get Hainsey to get take all those minutes again. Yeah, oh, yeah, I know. So, I, I think that happens at the draft. Uh, maybe maybe right before free agency or something. Um, they'll probably have to give away a, a like a probably another depth def, like a depth forward or someone like Johnson. Maybe just to get rid of him. But yeah, I, I think it's almost a lost cause. It feels fire him to the sun. Yeah, I it, that's a good point. Like I wonder if they could maybe tag on a depth guy that might be at risk of getting offer sheeted and fuck. Like I don't know if I really want to get an offer sheet, but. I was oh. listening to to uh, Ian's podcast, uh, the Best Maple Leaf podcast. You may have heard of it. It's called Leafs Geeks. Um, Ian's my boy. I fucking love his podcast, man. I was listening I was to with it. Him last night, man. He's the best. We got to get him on here at some point. But I was listening to his interview with Rachel Dory, and they were talking about how like another team could look at you know, offer sheeting a guy like Kapanen or like, you know, sorry, Cappy, you know, or (laughs) Janssen because, like, that's where it would really hurt the Leafs, right? So you wonder if maybe they could, you know, add, you know, hopefully not Kapanen. And and, I mean, I don't even want it to be Janssen, but I feel like lesser of two evils, maybe you ship out a guy like Janssen who could be at risk of getting offer sheeted. What do you guys think of that? Or Marner. 
no, no, don't put that negative. Don't oh, put that Lord. negativity in the world, you sicko. Oh, Can we all see Paul Marner? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah exactly. Fuck. So, um, I want to just kind of shift gears a little bit. Hope that's okay with you guys. Um, to the Marner front. I guess we can't really talk about the Marner front until we talk about uh, Austin Matthews' most recent contract. Thomas, give us a little bit of an understanding of what went down the other day. Uh, Okay, so on, I think it was Tuesday, he signed a five-year extension with a cap hit of $11.634 million per year, loaded with bonuses, loaded with all that good stuff, earning like 32 mil, I think, in the first, like, 30 months or 24 months of his contract. Uh, all that good stuff. People are saying, people are freaking out that it's only five years or that's too expensive for only having five years or it's just like a mix of both and Dubis is a bad negotiator, blah, 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 all that stuff. Um, <laughs> I think I just felt Cappy's eyes roll there. That was good. <laughs> but, so, yeah. Well, let, let, this is how we'll do it because I think we all have, you, you know, like kind of a unique take on it. And I think to talk about Marner, you have to talk about Matthews first. Uh, although Marner seems to be like the hot topic the last you know, a little while in Leafland. So maybe we could start with Carter yeah. and then we can make our way to our guests and then uh, I'll talk and then Thomas, I'll give you the last word because you'll get angry. <laughs> I'm just going to start yelling and interrupting. <laughs> no, don't do that. So Carter, what was your initial take when uh, Matthews signed the big ticket? He looked great in what he was wearing. <laughs> <laughs> he did look great. Um, he looked happy. He did. Uh, no, I. it's always weird how... Like, so he's really only making seven hundred thousand to seven hundred and fifty thousand a year. Yeah, and it's like funny how the loopholes all go. Like, well, he's making like two hundred times that next year, so he'll I, be okay. I know, no, but I'm just like with all the signing bonuses every yeah. year and everything. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. It's a good way around like wasting this the dollar space on him, you know. Right. Um, but I don't know. I th- I think he deserves it. Um, it's just weird to like think that all of these like young guys who start out with a team that they're like expected to stay with that team yeah like it's like someone could have came, come around and give him given him the exact same offer yeah but like that organization and the people supporting him were so support or were so influential on his decision yeah that i feel like he was like somewhat pressured to sign it yeah i mean it's hard to say i think like you know, now that he's had this experience with the Leafs and things have been so positive. I mean, if maybe he was playing for, I don't know, Arizona, let's say, I don't know if the desire to sign would be... No, yeah, absolutely. But he does have, like, that great supporting cast. He's got a huge supporting cast, so I, I think, like, it was basically all the planets aligned. Like, yeah. At when, like, by the time this had come. Uh, and I thought it was a good way around it. Um, like... At face value, it seems weird to see, like, 11.634 or whatever, like, yeah. under his name and then 10 million under Tavares' name. Like, yeah, 11 million. 11, sorry. For Mr. T. Well, I just, I want him to make sure he gets his money. That's he gets all. his That's money. All. So, it, But you have to understand, like, how they're pouring their money into the youth and everything. So yeah. it's, but no, I, I was, ex- like, everything aside, I was excited for him. Were people in your office buzzing when it happened? Um... Not really. Everyone in the office is all over the place. They're like Sens fans or Kings fans yeah. or Habs fans. All the good, all the good teams. All the good yeah. teams. I know. We're, <laughs> I, do, I do think we're, it's important. We're a creative agency, guys. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I think it's important to say like 
one of the best things about Carter is he's not a Leaf fan. He's a Habs fan. <laughs> and since we were, you know, oh. teenagers, we've always... Like, the Habs were fairly good while we were in high school and stuff, so it's funny to kind of, like, joke about it now. But I came downstairs, and Carter had a Maple Leaf sweater on the floor because he (laughs) was at a Leaf game a couple days ago. So Okay, you're making me sound like a bandwagoner. Yeah, I'm not saying saying he's a double agent, but he might be. I had an internship through my master's with the Maple Leafs. That's true. I, I gained a lot of respect for the organization and the team. Like getting to see the inner workings, like through working with them for that one summer. Yeah, and I became a big appreciator of the Leafs and what they and do. And he's very clear to say appreciator and not fan. So thank you for that. Carter, Carter's pretty much that kid from the hockey sweater book. <laughs> oh my god, that's a great. Holy point. shit, the hockey sweater. Okay, I'm all done. I love it. All right, <laughs> let's uh, let's go to Bilal. What did you think, man? Oh man, um. Well, I, I think um, this is it, it's a hard one because the term I, I really don't like the term on it. I, I'm, I won't lie. I mean, I, I'm fine with the contract. Um, and if you're going to overpay someone, it's going to be Austin Matthews. Um, but I think I, what their plan, I think what Dubas's plan is that. Oh, boy. What is that? <laughs> oh, what the fuck is I think. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Uh, back to my point. I... So, I, what I think Dubis is, what I think Austin Matthews' plan is that he's gonna get <laughs> as much money as he can right now, and if uh, if he can maximize on his next contract, um, it's pretty good. But I also think that Dubis thinks that he can. He doesn't have to pay if Austin Matthews decides to stay after this contract, which I honestly think will happen. He's not gonna leave. Um, I think if you were to if they if Dubas can sign him again and whatever max term limit you can get him to, um, you're only gonna pay him until his earlier thirties instead of his late thirties, and I think that is better for the Leafs because then obviously you're not paying for someone who's in decline as rapid in their late thirties. Um, right. And it's just your you the term isn't great. Um, but at the end of the day, five years and you get to see Austin Matthews in a Leafs jersey, it's not a bad not not the worst thing in the world yeah i feel the same way like i know that there are a lot of people who have you know conflicting sides or perspectives and that's what makes the conversation fun so i'm Uh, glad that we can kind of flesh that out yeah however sorry go ahead man no no go ahead go ahead i was just gonna say that like for me i i think the same thing like i couldn't have said it better myself is that like I'm not crazy about the term either because, you know, I know it's been talked about that it might be six years and I feel better about a six-year deal than a five-year deal because with a five-year deal, we're only buying up one year of UFA, right? So, you know, I kind of worry about that a touch, but at the same time, if we hope that the Leafs are, you know, as competitive as they seem to be right now, five years from now, uh, rather six years from now, um, you know, I, f- I feel good about that, right? And I feel like, you know, depending on what the Marner number looks like, we're going to pretty well know what the core is going to look like for the next little while. So, you know, it's it's kind of nice to just rest on that and be like, okay, I still get to see Austin yeah. Matthews in a Leaf uniform and probably be the captain and so on and so forth. If, if you look at it, I mean, the possibility of a cup in the next five years for Toronto, I know it's like a taboo subject to say. It's, it's a high possibility that we're going to see a cup here in the next five years. I mean, it's right. bigger than it's ever been, I think. Yeah. And I, I, I just, I mean, I've seen like a decade of crap. I mean, I've, I haven't seen these guys make the playoffs consecutively in my life. As right. I, I can remember, right? So 
I mean, I'm grateful for it. I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of the contract, but at the end of the day, if Austin, if it, if Austin Matthews gets his money, and if Dubas thinks that he can sign him again to a max term or, or another long, a long term contract after this one ends, I'm, I'm cool with it. I mean, that's that's what it is. I love it. So I got to just throw it out there for the listeners that when we were all making. Uh, laughter noises is that Cappy put on a Kachina Yotes jersey. <laughs> Can't wait to hear about that. Um, but Should we our, go get ours and hang in the background? I know here? that you have one. We don't, I don't know if we want to meet halfway on that, but Cappy, I know you've got some interesting thoughts, so I'm really excited to hear your perspective, and, and whenever you're ready, let's hear it. All right, so... In the last couple days, I've realized I really, I really, really, really don't know how I feel yet. And I'm okay with that. I kind of go back and forth. My one burning question is, okay, you've signed him for five years, and you really didn't bring down that number that much. We're in February right now. What is your rush if you know that, let's say, 11.5 is a number that Austin Matthews is willing to sign on a five-year deal, what's your rush to sign him in February when you know that you might be able to talk him down by March or by April and know that you still have all this time before July 1st rolls around, before you have to worry about Marner or offer sheets, and you know that Mitch Marner's agent is not... I, I know that that's the news has changed in the last couple of days, but previously you're operating under the information that Mitch Marner will not negotiate a noon deal until after the season. So what's your rush to get this done in February when you've got all this time to try to bring that number down? If you shave half a million off of that deal, that deal suddenly is one that people aren't so up in arms about or at least hesitant about or if you maybe find a way to convince him of that sixth year like you said so what's your rush to get it done now think about the difference that a couple weeks or a month can make there so 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 it's the it's the time that didn't settle with me well when i uh when i really like sat on this deal and kind of let it run around in my brain i i don't understand why and i think that Austin Matthews is going to be a leaf well beyond this contract. I don't know if he's going to be a career leaf, but but it does leave you with a little bit too much space to wonder what else could have been done in this situation and and I'm not used to thinking that about Kyle Dubas about this uh iteration of Leafs management and so having that feeling creep in for the first time in, in a few years was actually a little bit alarming. So I think I definitely overreacted. I kind of freaked out, but it doesn't mean that I didn't have legitimate questions and still don't continue to have legitimate questions about what this means for Matthews, what this means for Marner. I'm just hoping that it turns out to actually be a blessing in disguise where now that Austin is signed. We have this leeway and this window for uh, Mitch to actually start negotiating. Uh, you know, his agent and Kyle Dubas actually maybe might be able to get something done in season. And then you're talking a completely different ball game. You go into the off season full well knowing what your stars are locked up into. Like you were saying, I think Bilal, you said, you know what this team's core is. And then you worry about Janssen and you worry about Cappy. Um, and you make that work, but 
having the security of your core locked up at least for a half decade would really change the game and change the narrative of what a lot of people are expecting this offseason to be yeah um yeah yeah it's all all of that is is very true and i think like you know despite dubis being in the organization you know but when he was an agm and now that he's he's the gm i think the like the way that you described it was perfect because you know i don't think anybody felt good about the way that the Nylander negotiation went and how prolonged it was and then and then it's kind of like we're seeing another deal kind of go this way and I think a lot of people are just unsure how to feel about it right away now Thomas you went to Puck Talks last night um Bilal did you go with Thomas last night no I was in school last night so I actually I I got water in my laptop so oh yeah (laughs) yeah it's working now of course I mean Oh God! What a long yeah, that was you, a long, long night. Do you have a Do you have a Mac or a PC? Uh, I'm a PC guy. I have a gaming laptop. So oh, yeah. that's all right. I was gonna yeah, say if it's a Mac, well, let's talk about it. I'm sure I could probably get you <laughs> in a good no. place, but <laughs> no, but that's I, all right. I, got, I got it from Costco, so they they give you a good warranty. And I can return. And it I if wanted to. There you go. And a hot dog, too, so not bad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Thomas, did they talk about... Yeah. Uh, well, so, tell us, like, you went to Puck Talks last night. I know you were with our friend uh, Ian Graff and Totally Offside. Let us know, yep. like, obviously, how was, your, how was your time there seeing everybody? But uh, did any of these topics get discussed in... Because I know, like, Sean McIndoe, Down Goes Brown, has such a unique opinion uh, on things. Did he have anything to say, or did yeah. anybody have anything to say that way? Um, it's basically just, like, what you guys are saying. Like, they just didn't really say anything super new. Like, uh, oh, fuck, who was it? I think it was some people just saying, like, the number was too high on the eight years so that to get the cap lower and to, like, get a good window, um, they to get that extra two or three mil per year... They just had to go short a term, which I, I, I don't think the term really matters anyways. Like, people want five-year max deals anyways, like the NBA. Um, and I think it, it's better for the league to do that. Um, it's like You can make the argument that it's like, okay, but hockey still has eight-year deals, so it doesn't really matter um, what it should be. Uh, but yeah, like, at last night it was just general discussion of random, of course, like, 80% of it was Leaf stuff, and then the rest was, like, shitting on Florida for wanting Bobrovsky and shit, but, um, like, it was, but it was, like, it was fun. It was, it was a good time. Uh, got to just, like, talk with, uh, totally offside for, like, oh, fuck. It was, like, we stayed way too late. We, like, closed the place down just, like, yelling at each other about <laughs> the fucking, like, Leafs, just general, but, um, yeah, like, I guess... Just my quick thoughts on the Matthews extension. Uh, I love it, personally. I don't see a problem with it. I think they're, like, I know it's changing sports, but you're seeing what's happening in baseball right now where, like, one of the two best free agents to ever hit the market aren't getting paid because teams don't want to spend money. Even though they're 26 and they're both going to, well, one, Harper will for sure be a Hall of Famer. Um, Like, you're just not going to sign a uh, Hall of Famer and it's been there for, like, months. Like, 
So maybe other players in other sports are like, okay, let me get my money early so that I don't have to deal with this early on. Like if you're a, I know it's not really a Matthews situation because Matthews will get paid no matter what. But if you're like an RFA, like, uh, I don't know, like a Brock Besser, who like could, obviously he's a goal scoring great like right now. But if he signs a six-year deal and then he's a UFA at 29, but hockey teams are smarter by then and they don't want to pay older players that are obviously on their decline. So he has to settle for like a... It, I know it's not going to happen to Besser, but like players like that of that ilk that didn't get paid early, they're going to end up being on like PTOs just because they didn't get their money and hope for like an NHL contract. Like so so obviously it's not... It's a, I think... Matthew's first thing, it looks really bad right now, but it's a shift to players getting paid what they're worth when they are their highest value. Like, the, if he signs, if at the end of the five year deal, he signs for an eight year deal at way less cap percentage, like it might be a five, 15 mil year, but by then the cap might be like 95, 100, whatever. Um, so it might be a little more team friendly, but he already has his money anyways. Um, so I, I don't see a problem with the term or the money, and I think the timing of it was interesting, like Cappy was saying, but I think just going into the deadline, and obviously Dubes is talking about acquiring players with term. Yeah. So if you're, if you're looking at uh, like a Dougie Hamilton, like that's been rumored like crazy today, a Brett Pesci, um, then you're going to the deadline knowing what your best player is going to be worth and what they're going to be spending on their best player now so you could get your player you could get your five mil defenseman for the next three years and you could figure it out and like project where Marner's going to go in there and where Kapanen and I think what's interesting with those two is like Janssen has arbitration rights right now for next year if he doesn't get an offer sheet then they could just go arbitration if he stays on the fourth line I could see the Leafs getting him for like 1.5 like why would they offer like the the negotiator will like just be like okay he's a fourth liner like playing 10 12 minutes a night like why do you want three mil yeah kind of thing so like i i could see them just going for the one year and if you lose them after that year or you have to trade them for whatever so be it the leafs could win a cup who cares but this uh, is like this is part of the reason why i'm getting so fucking antsy about all this stuff about Lawrence Gilman still scouting the Hurricanes and like this fucking <laughs> Luke Glendening shit from earlier today. Oh, which, okay, yeah, we don't need to, we don't even need to talk about that. No. Yeah, that's not happening. That's not happening. But, it's, but that's it's, sorry. Go it's ahead, Detroit Bola. propaganda. Uh, well, Glendening, uh, that's all TSN generated shit, man. Yeah. Happening. There's no way that that's happening, especially after last year. I, I just doubt it. No. Um, I I think um, I think. There, there's, there's probably going to be a trade going down with Toronto and Carolina, I think. Uh, I don't know when, but I, I have a good feeling. It may happen. Uh, I don't know who they want and what they want and what, what I want because, honestly, I don't watch the Hurricanes that much, so I couldn't even tell you. <laughs> How dare you? I don't, the best man. team on the planet I really right now. Don't. The best I, team on the planet. No, they're not. I mean, uh, God, they, they, so like, piss, they piss me off every year, to be quite honest. <laughs> Realistically, like if if there was a deal to be had that included a guy like Janssen or Kapanen, and we've talked, <laughs> Thomas and I have argued about this forever. Uh, You're gonna get fucking you, mad again, man. 
Well, so do you think they have like he's to... he's got his dog there, you're going to make him mad? Yeah. Do you yeah. think you have to factor in the fact that, you know, they may not have the money to pay a guy like Kapanen or Janssen, and they look at a guy that's a bit more cost-controlled, like, hmm, I don't know, Brett Pesci or something like that? Like, do you feel good about a trade like that, Cappy, if it means that, you know, maybe your boy's going the other way? Well, then, of course I don't, because it means I'm going to be a, have to be a fan of a team in... Uh, that's Raleigh. hammy. That's Pesci. <laughs> that's hammy. Oh my. No, uh, man. If, if they, end I guess up, Dougie. I guess Dougie more, more, but whatever. I just, I just can't see a trade where you're unloading one of Cappy or Janssen right now that doesn't include Zaitsev also going the other way. I mean, those two are enticing players who show have shown now that they can put up at least 15 goals in a in, in a. Uh, limit i would still say limited role with uh them being yo-yoed between anywhere between the first and the fourth line and you've got young players with this potential going the other way and i don't know if you're taking on term if you're taking on a contract that's uh anything beyond what a Capi or Janssen might make you've got to unload so then the question becomes if you're taking Kapanen or Janssen and shipping them off with Zaitsev what other parts are going to be involved in a deal like that if you're still looking to land a bigger name like a Pesci or a Hamilton uh I think there's something coming but I think that that trade whenever it does come uh whether it's with Carolina whether it's down the line whatever the Leafs next move is on the blue line I think it's going to be a massive deal where you see a lot of pieces moving where you see some surprises thrown in there just to make the numbers work and to make the bodies work there's just no way around it so I think you're going to see a big deal coming eventually and I think that it's going to catch everybody off guard because there's going to be at least one name in there that as soon as you see it makes instant sense but that nobody called yeah and yeah. it's all it's interesting too because lawrence gilman who's the gm of the toronto marlies has also been scouting the checkers as well which is carolina's affiliate so you know maybe it's a guy that's playing in the minors who you know I wouldn't mind, you know, this isn't going to happen, obviously, but, like, Julian Gauthier on the wing for the oh Leafs? Okay. God. I could uh, yeah. subscribe to that. No. The goat-goat line. The yeah, goat exactly. Goat-goat line. Down in the bottom. I'd love that. But So, anyways, let, let's let's move along a little bit. So, there's some, some stuff that's, like, pretty crazy that happened today uh, in the hockey world uh, regarding Artemi Panarin. And as I was waiting outside for Carter to get home, I was reading, I guess, a, a scrum that, that he had had where he was talking about uh, the decision to leave uh, Dan Milstein, who was his previous agent, and now he's with Bobrovsky's agent. And he was talking about how he's definitely going to be testing the waters of free agency come July 1st. So, I mean... I don't think, I, th I mean, is this the first time that he's, like, come out and said for sure that, that that's what his intentions are? Uh, I think it's, it's always been included, but I think, um, I think it's the first time that he, like, full-on said, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a free agent. So he was talking to Aaron Portsline of The Athletic about, um, what it would look like and how there's no set or specific team, and I think a lot of people are, 
you know, drawing these kind of lines between him and Bobrovsky being buddies. And then, of course, you know, him now with Bobrovsky's agent um, and, and being represented by that person. Um, what, what are your thoughts about that? Like, do you think it's going to be because personally, I think it's going to be cool when Panarin, Zaitsev and Bobrovsky, <laughs> the three Musketeers are all playing for the, the Panthers next year. Uh, oh, like, oh, what did boy. you guys think about that? Like, oh, I think the, Panarin and Bobrovsky on the Panthers would be cool. Well, they're just banding together. Like, it's just three three Russian butts. <laughs> well, no, no so, it's it's like that's like the. Don Dadanov, man. Dadanov. Yeah, Dadanov, Barkov, yeah, Dadanov's their buddy. And uh, Barkov, yeah. Bogdan, that Bogdan guy. Kisilvich. Bogdan. But that that was the first that was the first big like move I think yeah like with all the like the the heat that was going on with Bobrovsky a little earlier in the month or I guess earlier in January <laughs> his life basically his life has been controversy, yeah, yeah. Um, but f- to like for all the stuff to be happening around Panarin and then for Panarin to like make a move as big and as public as this like. It's, yeah, it's just like the start of something that's going to come, you know. I think it's going to be really interesting. Like, uh, you know, we're not going to spend a ton of time on Panarin and Bobrovsky, but I will throw it to you guys, Thomas. Where do you think Panarin lands, and where do you think uh, Bobrovsky lands? And uh, I'm going to just add a, a little bit of a, a little little tidbit of thing here. Is do yeah. you think that they end up staying together, or do you think that they'll they'll separate? I think the agent thing is a huge reason to think that they are staying together. Um, but I think, I honestly think Boston is a huge Panarin get before the deadline. Um, I think he's going to get traded no matter what, because that's just kind of the smart thing to do. I've brought this up before with a couple people, but it's like, would you just go and get someone that can play right now or you get futures from like a Boston, you get your Ryan Donato's or whatever and your first round picks and you go flip that first round pick to like Detroit and get Nyquist. So you still get like kind of even out, you still get your top six winger to go push that playoffs. You might go get like a, a UFA goalie like J- okay now I'm talking about all Detroit shit yeah but like we know we know like you're Jimmy Howard biased. Or something. Like, like it's <laughs> something something that's like they're not committed to but it's like you could still show the fans that okay we're still here um like we're still trying but we just had to get rid of Panarin and we had to get assets for him because we're gonna lose him um it's 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 a tough thing to sell, and that's, like, going to be complicated, but that is also a, a way that can go. Um, so I think Boston for Panarin before the deadline. And Bobrovsky, it's hard because Florida kind of makes sense free agent-wise, but they're spending so much fucking money on goalies already. Like, do you see them tra- trading Reimer away just to get, like, that three years out? I think he's making, what, like, four mil? Oh, something like some deal. It's like yeah, yeah. It's oh fucked. Like God. it's he got like five years for I think four and five a half. years four mil. Yeah, it's like four, four and, and a half. half yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but I think that um, if you do that though, like you have to be. Well, I was I used to say shit like you know they're gonna have to be really certain that Corpusalo is their guy in Columbus. <laughs> but the more and more I think about it, I wonder like if they could 
<laughs> this is going to sound ridiculous, but have Corpus Allo be your starter and then have a guy like Reimer that can play a backup role. And, you know, he- here's another like ridiculous thing. And I don't know if the money works here, but I'll just throw it out there for conversation's sake is do you think Luongo is going to play out the rest of that contract, yeah. which I don't think he's going to. No, he, he'll want to win before. Like, he's, so what, he's a contender. Like he. But the thing is, is, like, you wonder if maybe they could somehow trade Luongo and then expect no you don't that, think it'll that happen? That I was going to say, no, no one's going no to want to What if they expect him to not play and go on, like, LTIR and get cap relief that way or something? I don't know. Like a big money team? Like, it'd have to be someone. And Columbus like isn't Detroit. a cap no. team. <laughs> oh, my. Uh, Enough about Detroit. I don't know, man. What do you guys I mean, think, Bilal? Oh, I don't know. Well, well, my my issue, my theory is, what if Longo retires and then the cap recapture thing, whatever happens to Vancouver? Well, we don't care. Yeah, we yeah. don't care about Vancouver. I mean, we do care about Vancouver for the purpose of getting rid of. We have a jersey con- contest that we're going to settle say. tonight, so we do care about Vancouver. But well, yeah, no, we I mean that's, that's for jokes. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where Panarin lands. I hope it's not Boston, of course. But uh, yeah tough it's tough because i think getting the same agent um uh, there was there was something thrown out of conflict of interest today i was like nah but i I think uh like panarin it's panarin and bobrovsky may end up on the same team right now but i don't think they may sign as ufas together i mean yeah or or it could be the opposite uh they may get traded separate they may get traded separate ways but they may end up signing like twin contracts like paris and suitor or something like that um, yeah. yeah, I don't know if that could. And happen. again, they they share the same agent. So they it's do. Like it's a. It's it, So it's a thing, and the, like student Parisi shared the same agent. So it's like a, it's a thing that it's a big, tell all of like, okay, these guys are working together, obviously, mm-hmm. and especially that he changed agents in the middle just before the deadline. Yeah. So maybe whatever team he gets traded to, he'll negotiate a deal. Yeah. Uh, but fuck. Whoever pays Bobrovsky is going to regret it in, like, three years. Of course. Yeah. I, I think, I think Bobrovsky's, like... I'm not saying he's overrated, but I just... He's played so much for Columbus at this point. And what, what is he, 30 years old at this point uh, right now? Or? Yeah, 30. Or 31. 31. 31 or 30. I, I mean, goalies tend to, like, just die out after, like, 33, 34 anyways, unless they're, like, elite. So, I, I yeah. I'm not really great at goalie stats, but... And Provosky, like whoever gives him an eight-year con or seven-year contract that like forty million, have fun with it because that's not really a great. That's not. It's, I, I think someone's gonna regret it. Whoever gives that out, and I hope it's Florida. I mean, <laughs> fun. It'll be, I mean, it'll be awesome. Just someone in the Atlantic. It'll be awesome. Listen, it. I'm in. Tw- I'm on Twitter twenty-four-seven, so it'll be awesome. I would love to see it. But, uh, I mean, I'm I'm here for maximum chaos. So. But, uh, yeah, I think the Bobrovsky... Bobrovsky's interesting. Panarin is 26, or was he 27? So, he I, he still got a few more years left. Bobrovsky kind of scares me, 100%. Yeah, I feel the same way. I think, uh, like, for me, it would be really cool to see Panarin go to a team like Nashville just because he would fucking light it up there. And I think, like, you could probably get... And I don't know if this is an overpayment, but if you're a team like Columbus... I gotta imagine you're getting uh, Ellie Tolvin and maybe even Dante Fabro out of Nashville system. Maybe Yala. even get a guy like Fiala. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. what I was gonna say next. So, I mean, that could be cool. What do you think, Cappy? Uh, 
I think that it's entirely possible that you have the two players sign. Okay, so if they sign at this with one team, it's going to be Florida. Let's just get that out of the way. If they sign yeah. together, it's it's a hundred percent Florida and the hell world situation that you outlined, where they're paying two goalies between Luongo and Bobrovsky. Like, what what does Luongo make? He makes four and a half Longo's, on the cap, right? Luongo makes. Let me check. Uh, Isn't it yeah, four and seven? a half, and then yeah. Reimer makes th- Reimer actually makes three point four. Okay. Oh, so wow. correction. Okay. Yeah, um, Reimer's is a little lower than I thought. But so if you ship out Reimer and you end up signing Bobrovsky there, that's obviously too much to spend on goalies. But I still I I could see a situation where the two of them end up there. In terms of rentals, Bilal, I really like the idea of Nashville. I think that that's a team that's always kind of been lacking up front, and I think that. If you're looking for a team that might seriously uh, sort of push uh, the Lightning in a hypothetical Stanley Cup final like Lightning Preds, uh, Panarin's a difference maker. And he could really, really set that team well and beyond over the top where, uh, you know, you might start having that conversation where you could put a team like Nashville with Panarin up against Tampa and, and see a situation where they realistically come out on top forget about upsets um i a a very very cursed thought crossed my mind as we were talking uh just thinking about um chicago and how Corey crawford might have played his last game in the nhl with with just all the injuries there's a very realistic chance that this guy goes in my opinion onto ltir at the end of this season i mean he's been out with concussion issues and he's last played now in December. So we're looking at a situation where this guy might be forced out of the league. If Sergei Bobrovsky ends up in Chicago, they're going to be in for a whole world of hurt with Cam Ward and Sergei Bobrovsky between the pipes now for, I don't know how much longer Ward is there, but I could, I could see it in a hellish, uh, but, very very hilarious scenario so so ward ward's a ufa at the end of the year um he has a no move clause oh, randomly i thought he was uh, wow, yeah. wow. <laughs> that's just funny uh and and crawford's only under contract for next year and then he's a ufa yeah oh, you can ltir that though. oh yeah, yeah so you could you could easily and then just like forget it yeah him. so like I, I think that's honestly a possibility that yeah. they pay bobrovsky and, Pan- and panarin there's been panarin. rumors swirling that like Panarin really wants to go back to Chicago. Oh my God. Uh, that he loved it there. So, if you'd have to, but then you have to like depend on Keith Gretzky trading for uh, Seabrook. <laughs> oh, he and, will. Uh, oh, yeah. No oh, he. I, we all know he will. Seabrook's Zaitsev is going to be amazing. Yeah, so that right. top power play you did a Seabrook and Zaitsev. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, you know what else I was thinking too, Thomas, and um, you know, I. I I'm such like a prospect guy like I love all that stuff and I wonder like if these teams are so short-sighted that they don't think about the talent that they already have in their prospect pool because you know you look at Florida Florida has got this goalie Samuel Montembeau I don't know if you guys are familiar with him but he's playing for Springfield right now in, in the AHL and this guy's amazing like I don't know his numbers off by heart or anything, but um, he he's been really impressive, and I remember watching him play in junior a little bit as well. And you look to a guy like that who's going to be, you know, cost effective for you. He's not going to necessarily push the needle next year. 
<clears throat> but if you get a guy like Bobrovsky, you still have to figure out Luongo. You still have to figure out Reimer, uh, although I'm assuming Reimer would go back the other way in any trade that way. I don't know. It just it just seems weird because we're seeing like a guy like Carter Hart, you know, who's kind of breaking out and playing so well. Um, and I know typically we don't see goalies until they're, you know, 23, 24. But uh, do you guys think that that's something that needs to be considered? Some of these guys that, you know, could have a bigger impact, although they're like younger goalies. Yeah, I mean, our, our metric for measuring goalies still has so much uh more work to be done uh we're, we're at a point where we still don't fully know i mean look at what we thought about players entering their prime and how we kind of gauge that as a late 20s into 30s thing just a few years ago and now that's trending younger i think it's very very realistic that uh we could have completely missed the mark on um bringing goalies in younger in uh kind of thrusting them into situations that I never would have considered to be a good idea. But look at, like you said, look at what Carter Hart has done. uh, And he might have single-handedly kind of revolutionized the way that we look at these younger players and what they can bring to a team that was struggling pretty heavily and has now won, what, nine straight games? Nine straight, right? They just lost. Completely changed the narrative. Oh, they lost. They lost yesterday. Oh, it was it was eight straight though, for sure. Completely changed the narrative on what this team season has been. Even if they, and I fully expect them to miss the mark this year. But even if they finish in that like middling, like tenth in the East or whatever, we're still talking a team that started off so dreadfully and has now come to a point where there's legitimate optimism for next year and it's all revolving around somebody who everyone argued shouldn't be in the nhl yet so it really really makes you think what have teams been missing the mark on and what really really needs to be sort of reanalyzed as we look at um developing these young players the best way possible and i think there's a lot to be said i i think with a big thing is like sample size too like People are saying, like, Carter Hart had a really bad start in the AHL. Like, so you got to think of, like, you, he just has to get his minutes and get in the rhythm. So with a lot with goalies, you can't really afford that in the NHL. Like, with a forward, you could kind of shelter, like, you could put him on the fourth line. Just, like, yeah, just test the waters, like a Trevor Moore kind of situation at the least right now. Like, but if with rookie goalies, it's kind of harder to just, like, yeah, just put him in there. Just, like, get his wings going, spread out, like... Especially for a contending team. Like, maybe a team like the Flyers can obviously afford that. Yeah. Um, but, like, it's kind of hard to change the mindset around that because it's such an important position. Um, but it, I think it will change to younger and younger goalies eventually. But just right now, it's kind of hard to see. Yeah. And maybe we'll get more metrics with player tracking and be able to see where the puck, like, is kind of going for this guy. So might be a little bit easier to tell if he's ready or not. Um, but yeah, I think it'll definitely change soon, the whole mindset of it. The uh, other, you know, really interesting, you know, thing I'd like to mention to you guys is I think Carter's computer is like riddled with malware. Uh, we just got a notification <laughs> on the screen that just said, diabetes will kill you. No, no, okay, so... I mean, just tell the truth. Remember when Google Chrome started asking you, like, if you wanted this site to send you notifications? Oh, it's yeah. like a... That's what it is. Like, 
about a year ago. Have you torn to too much? Have you torn to too much porn, <laughs> No, man. I don't even get me started. Yeah. yeah. He's but, like, you know, I'm a streaming guy. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> so I like. I didn't. Do I like my full lengths, man? I didn't know. I didn't know what like it was. At first, so I was just like, yeah, sure, allow. I thought it was like something you had to do to use whatever site it was. Jesus. And now I can't yes, malware. I love it. Now I can't even figure out what the hell I I'm clicked yes to. I, I, uh... Should we get to uh, the fantasy? Yeah, yeah. You should tell uh, Bilal and Cappy how you fucking game the system every week so you can okay, win. I'm not fucking cheating. So we have a, a thing on the podcast, a little fantasy league. Just on wins, just a little quick one. It's a jersey bet. Uh, so we drafted at the beginning of the season each team. We went in order, all that shit. So I have an update for the for the just win baby fantasy league. Just win, baby. Just win, baby. Just win, baby. Uh, yeah, so it's great. So in dead last of the third of the three of us, uh, he's, he's still there with Carter with 263 <laughs> wins total. Such a bummer, so, man. The so thing is, the is Jets. like he's such a good person and you paint him to be this like yeah, well, I feel like my fucking, persona. He picked the king. My persona he because this podcast is sullied because of Thomas. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I yeah. agree with that. Yeah, it's fine. Because I was all hopped up on Kovalchuk. You can't fucking fault me for that. I'm an, <laughs> yeah, I'm okay. an Atlanta Days guy. You can't. But you know what's crazy? Just quick side note, Thomas. If Kovalchuk yeah. gets traded, you actually lose a bet that you and I have because I told you Kovalchuk could get traded by the trade deadline. Oh fuck, that's right. Shit. What was the? <laughs> what were the? Like, uh, what do you owe me? Isn't it wings or something? Sticky fingers. Probably. Yeah, it was like it was sticky fingers. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That, a whole meal at sticky fingers. Anyway, does he have a no trade clause? Wing place. Does Kovalchuk? He, he does. Clause? Yeah. I, I, yeah. I think it's a limited no trade clause, is it? I'm not sure for sure, for sure, but um, it's definitely going to happen. And you know what? You guys can come up to Barry and Thomas will uh, buy wings for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, and so Blah it's likes in that. second place. Yeah, fuck off. Uh, it's, <laughs> in second place is Chris, because you're terrible. Uh, wow. Pick the lightning oh. and- that's it. Yeah. We give who's, him this one little bit of power to run this who's contest. Who's my? I know. I know. He's like on a power trip. Who is yeah, my? Who's right, my the top second team? fucking who's loser? My, is Chris. Who's my worst team and who's my best team? Your best is obviously the Lightning. Yes. With 39 wins. Insane. And your worst team is the Ducks. Okay. Okay, so you're making fun of me so, for picking the Kings and you leave him with the Ducks? Like, <laughs> yeah. And you pick the Ducks. Good yeah. job, Chris. <laughs> Whatever. That's fine. Okay, Thomas, why don't you uh, you know, talk about yourself for oh. a little bit here? The So numbers just crashed for me. Uh, so you had 263 wins. I know for sure, Carter. <laughs> Uh, Chris, you had 269 wins. Nice. I think I had 283. Whoa. Okay. I think because I had Leaf Sharks, Flames. Uh, and he's he's actually taking Ottawa's wins now, I hear. Yes. No, I, I deleted <laughs> Ottawa. 
We're not. We don't have auto. Okay. It's gonna split evenly. So you're you're probably gonna win because I don't know if I can come back from. I don't know if I want to. The, the Ducks could just come back. If I la- yeah. if I ended the season with, with 269 wins, I think I'd probably be okay with that. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> it's a nice number. 669. I love that. That's Thanks, a nice guys. Number. Uh, so Thomas, thanks for sharing that with us. Uh, yeah, do you want to get it? Do you want to? <laughs> do you want to get into the mailbag as we uh, wind down here? Yeah. Hell yeah. I love it. All right. Whenever you're uh, ready. Here's the mail, it never fails It makes me want to wag my tail When it comes, I want to wail Suck it, Woo. <laughs> I'm going for it Okay So this is from our top best I know she's going to get mad at me If I don't say that she's the best listener <laughs> But Ramina Shalaf <laughs> oh, my. The, <laughs> the most important woman a, in the world This is a question If any, If any person is listening to this <laughs> on the speaker you might want to put headphones in are you serious <laughs> man oh my god man okay, i might so. have to send this episode to baba schla for oh Yo, shit, he's the no. king <laughs> king schla i love uh, it okay so this is her whole message i'm just gonna read it just before you say that just know that my mom is like the biggest listener of this podcast my mom Fuck. is gonna be fucking horrified <laughs> Okay, okay, go ahead. What I'm do you sorry. got? I'm sorry, Joanne. <laughs> Joanne, stop here. Or hit like the 30, hit like four 30 second things in a row. <laughs> oh my uh, God. Okay, so this is the whole message. Maybe I'm hyping it up too much. I don't know, whatever. Uh, okay, so this is the whole message. Okay, so you know how sometimes when your throat hurts and you're like, hmm, am I getting sick or is it because I was deep throating? Since deep throating can cause bruising in the back of your throat and it makes it hurt. Anyways, do you think team doctors know which players have sucked dick because of that? <laughs> oh my god. What is wrong with her? Yeah, uh, pass. Pass? Uh, um, I'm passing on that. Nope. <laughs> nope. Uh, I, think, I think team doctors... You know what? I think <laughs> I think his throat is day to day. So Tom Thomas has had this question in the mailbag for a while. So he's, he's been dreaming about this. Question. Yeah. So here's here's my answer because I'll try and I'll try and appease Ramina here a little bit. I think like if you're a team doctor, there's probably like crazy <laughs> discretion you must have. Because these guys are, you know, maybe a little promiscuous, the guys that aren't married or whatever. And, you know, maybe their scenarios, not throat injuries necessarily, but... But there's that handprint on your ass. But but their dick's about to fall off. Yeah, you know, some of them might have, you know, maybe had a run-in with crabs or something. And the doctor's got to, like, deal with that or whatever. And you got a guy, you know, like... uh, I mean, even Austin Matthews, I know his hairline's a little bit fucky. But he still still runs a train in this city. Oh, Jesus Christ. He's got to. Look at (laughs) him. Don't put it that way. That's gross. You know how many numbers he got on the subway in his leaf skier yesterday morning? Yeah, that was a good look for him. How about uh, Janssen eating the hot dog? That's like such (laughs) a mood. That was awesome. I love it. What's the next question? I can't believe Ramina is so gross. And does that to us. Ah, Rams. Uh... Let me find the other one. This is from... Fuck. Okay, sorry. <laughs> my, my phone's, like, dying, so it's being really slow. Uh, fuck. Where did it go? This is too much... Classic time. This is great. This is great... Po- okay, yep. I got it. I got it. Great. Great podcast. Uh, 
So this is from Leafs IMO, who I actually met last night at Puck Talks. He's a great guy. Shout out. Uh, so Leafs IMO, two questions. What do you think would be the most ideal line combination for Austin down the stretch? Like current Leafs or just in general? Like, I think like until like, like this season. Okay. Like with the players that they have, what's the most ideal, perfect line combo? Is two wingers. Hmm. Uh, Matthew Lander Kapanen. Let's try that. I'm down for that. Oh. I was thinking Janssen maybe. Yeah. Do a little. Yeah. A little like more shooter. Mm-hmm. A little more. Uh, Janssen in place in yeah, place like of I, who I, though. Well, Janssen's on the yeah, left. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Janssen, Matthews, yeah. Nylander. Yeah. I don't. That just. I don't know, man. Yeah. I I think Kapanen and Matthews would be wild together. Yeah. But then. I don't know. Captain on the left is like, I guess he, he is right-handed, so he'd shoot a lot more. Yeah. And that's proven that on your offhand, you should like, I was telling Chris about this on the fucking, when you're talking about coaching your team, I was like, every winger should be on his offside because it's proven that player, <laughs> that wingers on their offside get more quality chances. Yes, we have talked because, about this. Thank you. Yes, we have. Uh, yeah, so Captain on the left would be actually kind of interesting. And Nylander would shoot, still shoot, but, like, be more of a playmate. Didn't, like, Bab- didn't Babcock uh, started a game with Nylander and Captain on Matthews' wings? I think so. And I know that yeah. for sure. You, they scored Johnson a goal, more... right? They scored a goal, like, 30 seconds in, and then he got rid of the line. Like, two minutes later. <laughs> Babcock, <laughs> Typical <man>. Babs. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta, like, man. Oh, I, wrote a, I wrote, like, a quick, like, like fuck Randy Carlisle post and it was like I think I was like I'd rather get mad at like just line mates than like having to deal with his bald ass fucking head oh like, my god <laughs> and, and he's always he's always kind of like just kind of like stern just like, <laughs> like an angry angry baby. Grin, it's, like, it's like a smile like a smiling angry baby it's funny because yeah, it's like I, a... I go to school right by the practice facility so one day I'm coming in at 7am and some dude in a white pickup truck just kick uh just picks uh does he just like <laughs> he cuts me off, man? My bad. I've lost my words here. He cuts me <laughs> off. I'm just like, is that fucking Babcock? Like, I've been going to because he, he turned into the practice facility. I'm like, is that Breaking fucking Babcock? Because the number play had like a like a like a like a Alpine Ford thing from like Aurora. I'm like, isn't Babcock from there? I'm like, like, doesn't he live there? I'm like, yo, this guy just cut me off, man. Mike Babcock. Was like the was like in a vanity plate was like I love Ron. Uh, <laughs> well, it was a hot. It was an F one fifty. So I'm just like. Uh, oh, that's a Babcock. Yeah, and it was white, and I was thinking, isn't that the Leafs one that they gave him like a couple years ago? And oh, true. And I'm oh drinking. I, I'm I'm driving a dinky Corolla, and I'm just like, oh, you just cut me off. And like, <laughs> I couldn't do anything about it. So I'm like, I I, I got to school. I'm like, yo, that was Babcock, and yeah, that's that's yeah. my funny story of Mike. That's sick. Uh, so I the second that. question from Leafs IMO. <laughs> second question: Who is more likely to be traded before the deadline, Connor Brown or Nikita Zaitsev? Connor Brown. Thank you. Good night. Yeah, it's done. Yeah. He's, he's gone. He's yeah. gone. Yeah. Like we were, we were ta- already talking about it earlier with Zaitsev, where it's so immovable. I don't think you'd have to do like attach. Like I'm fine with keeping him as a cap dump, but again, like it's he's playing too many minutes right now for Babcock to be kind of okay with that. Yeah. Fo- follow up question for you, Thomas. If if it yeah. if and listen, I, I know I tease you all the time about being a Red Wings like sort of fan, given your... I'm not a fan, man. Um, <laughs> Adam, Adam fucking Wings. loves that. I was like, oh, you're talking about the Red Wings. Eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but if it, like, 
do you see a deal where there's value in the Leafs getting Luke Glenn Denning for Connor Brown going the other way? No, fuck off. Like, I'm not even being sarcastic. I'm asking the question because no. people seem to think Jesus that Christ, Luke Glenn no. Denning's like this, like, godsend no. fourth liner. Okay. But do you think you can like, get value for Connor Brown? Because I think you probably could get <laughs> at least a decent prospect and a pick, I would think. Maybe not. I think you could, like, yeah, you could carry term and, like, what? How many, he has two more years left, right? Or one? One, I think. Yeah, one. Yeah, one. Yeah, one. Yeah, one after this one. So, like, yeah, so you could say, like, oh, here's your, pro- here's your like, your middle six guy. And on the fucking Red Wings, he'd be, like, a second-line forward. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, so, I think so, too. And especially when they get rid of Nyquist on the right side, like, he might be out there playing with Larkin. Who knows? Um, so, but I don't think the Red Wings will buy someone like Brown. Uh, it's. I think you can still get value. Like, he still holds value, but it's just how much you want. Would you give, a, like, a third-round pick for him? I don't, like, I personally sure, but, like, I don't think Dubas would want that because... I think they gotta I mean, just want a little bit more like you just want something more like a second and like a he's part of a package he's part yeah. of a package yeah 100%. yeah he's a good like add on he's a good like little yeah. sweetener like if you're if you're trading for uh, a Carolina defenseman yeah. nameless one of them then just like include him just like here's your here's a good forward for you 100% kind of thing. just like yeah no, yeah and I think here, here you go. if if uh you know, the Leafs prospect cupboard. I mean, I wouldn't say it's bare, but it's definitely not as high of quality as it was in years past. I wonder if, you know, maybe you could get a guy that could, uh, you know, either play for the Marlies or is maybe still playing, you know, in their junior league or something like that. But what's the next question, Mr. Thomas? I think that's it. I think we ran out of questions. Okay. That's good, though. <laughs> no. We got three. We got yeah, three that's year. good. You know, Mail? Wait, let me. Mail? Oh, wait, wait, wait. I have a question. Wait, wait, wait. Let's hear okay. it, Cappy. Go ahead. Let's go. All right, Bilal, what's your food take oh, that you've been teasing? Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, I was excited to get a little right. bit of that. All right. Um, the filet fish from McDonald's is actually good. Okay. <laughs> How big is your that? McDonald's order, though, that you're getting to that point? You have so many um, other options. Do you get a combo or just a sandwich? Oh, combo. Combo. You get a well, combo. Oh, man. Large, large fry, oh, large drink. Okay. Double, double filet fish too. They they offer that stuff. Yeah, double. they do. I actually they knew do. a guy uh, yeah. who Carter and I grew up with that fucks with a double filet fish. And not because he's a good Catholic on Friday afternoon when he can't <laughs> eat anything else. I was going to say, yeah, I also like to live it. dangerously. <laughs> <laughs> great, great reference. It's, I like that. Yeah, they, they used to oh, offer man. a lettuce and tomato, like a, like a palato fish LT type thing. Like for, okay, that sounds better. That sounds like redeemable. For a, for a month. Yeah. For a month. I remember I was in high school and I used to eat it every day. <laughs> no one bought it. I mean, no it's, one bought it's not it. good for you if you eat it oh, every I'm day. A, I mean, listen, I'm a, I've been overweight my almost my whole life, so I think I've lived with uh, my whole life, anyways. But um, yeah, I know I, I ate that for like a month and then they got rid of it. it That's I wild. Was, so I was like a, a pescatarian, I guess, for like five years. Like That's I still bad. ate fish, but oh. no other meat. Okay. And man, filet fish was like 
is was my junk food. <laughs> so I fucked with it then, but like now I'm just like, man, there's so yeah. much like better. You, you know who used to make a have... you know who used to make a really good fillet fish? It was Wendy's. Wendy's made a really good fillet fish for a while. They had a fish sandwich. Yeah, they had like a they cod did. cod sandwich or something, it was, wasn't it? Yeah, it was oh, something yeah, like that. Okay, yeah. I remember the ads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like big, like Atlantic cod, all that shit. Yeah, right? I know. I mean, it was a piece of shit, but I mean, it was it, <laughs> it wasn't that bad. I still I still go with the McDonald's because it has a soft bun and then the cheese and the tartar yeah. sauce ain't bad. But, uh, yeah, yeah no, that, that, that's my food take for today. Oh, if you man. want more food takes, subscribe that. to my uh, Twitter channel. Jeez. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I love that's a great that's a great take. I actually uh, it's a very like old man take too. You're I like can't... 80 years old and fucking like drinking as like the famous Jesus Amara quote. You have your filet fish with a black coffee. Oh, no man, man. <laughs> that's what you're gonna Oof, be eating. No, just like straight oh, up. No. That's, that's, that's like the that's like the 75 year old sitting at McDonald's meal. I love that. That's a great take. Robin and I got into it a little while ago because we were talking about where can you get the best chicken sandwich? Because like Chick Fil A is obviously not in Canada, and if you've had that, it's pretty good. But Robin was talking about how the McChicken is the best chicken sandwich, and my take like is it's actually better. the chubby chicken sandwich from A and W. Oh, yeah. That's solid. The, the, spi- that's the solid. spicy chicken from Wendy's? Yeah. It's your, Wait, the night- that's my go-to, oh, yeah. man. That's I know it is. Thomas, the night that I met you, after Puck Talks, we went and got chubby chicken sandwiches, remember? Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I'd rather have a Wendy's one, but we got the A&W uh, treatment. Yes, we at, did. Uh, on, the, on Queen West, man. Good times. Uh, yeah, fuck. What? Let's uh, let's wind down the podcast, uh, guys. Thanks so much for coming on. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, thanks. And we're gonna have we're gonna problem. have both of you guys back at some point. I think, uh, Cappy, for your uh, you know kind of po- entry to podcasts, I think you killed it. Cool. Good job, thanks you a got lot it. For having me. You got a good setup there. I love that. It's, it's awesome. All, it's all because of music. That's why I got the mic set up. So, yeah. When uh, Carter made that Axe Effects joke, I don't even know if we were still recording, but that was a pretty good. <laughs> no, that was pre-recording, yeah. I love that. But uh, <laughs> thanks for coming on, guys. Uh, we'll start with you, Cappy. Where can people find your stuff? And if people want to uh, you know, get to know you a little bit better, how would, how would they be able to do that? Absolutely. So you can find uh, my food takes and bad tweets at That's Cappy on Twitter. You can find my writing at least occasionally at theleafsnation.com. Normally some quality shit posts there. So absolutely check it out if you dare. Amazing. Thank you. What about you, Bilal? Uh, You can find me on Twitter at Billy underscore Chili. And my Instagram is Billy underscore Chili. That's my nickname. So I've I've ran with it my whole life at this point. So it's never going away. And your teachers know you as that. My professors also call me Billy Chili. Actually, they call me Chili Billy. Um, (laughs) I know. It's uh, pretty sad. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, uh, you can come for my food takes. Um, Cheese is bad. Um, (laughs) Cheese is bad. Cheese is terrible. But do you like like cheese on filet fish though? That's not bad. I'll I'll eat <laughs> That's like the most gross part of the whole filet fish. You have like your tartar sauce and fish. That's you, chill. I mean, it's cool. I mean, that's then not you got bad. the fucking like orange, like plastic, <laughs> just like. Oh man. Yeah. Um, you can also follow me on Instagram, Billy underscore Chili, and yeah, that's pretty much it. I love that. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. That's great. Where can people find you, Carter? Um, at Coach Carter, C0CH Carter. 
on Instagram and Carter Lupella. C zero C H C zero A C H. Okay, there we go. Sorry, it's been a long week, guys. No, I know you're. you're no, Cock Carter. Yeah, that is Carter. Uh, Thomas, where can people so you know find me. you? Uh, no, sorry, Tane on Twitter, uh, and writing at the Leafs Nation, and not a lot of Wings Nation recently, but uh, yeah, Leafs Nation, fucking represent, man. And NHL numbers, not cap friendly. Remember. <laughs> That's right. And uh, one of these days, I'm going to do what Adam told me to do and write a uh, prospect report for Leafs Nation. One of these days, I'll get around to it. And, one of those. Oh, days. I'll make it happen one of these days. For 2020 draft, man. Maybe. Yes. <laughs> be super ahead. That could be my thing. I love that. We're like, oh, we're talking about Quentin Byfield, and uh, yeah. he's going to go first overall. We still trade Marner for the. For the fourth overall pick in 2020. Oh, my God. Nothing would make me happier. Yeah, that'd be fucking sick. Oh. He's sick. he's a monster. But, yeah, you guys can follow me uh, at ckillings9 on Twitter. That's where you can find me. Uh, thanks for coming on, guys. Really, really appreciate it. You can find the podcast on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash listen to hosers. And you can subscribe to us on iTunes. Uh, just a quick programming note. I'm in the midst of getting the podcast on Stitcher and Spotify and a couple of other places. So that's going to happen probably in the next Worldwide, baby. Couple, couple of weeks. <laughs> I'll make it happen. Thanks for listening, guys. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Wanna mess with this? Gangstar, one of the best yet. I'm nice like that.